0: Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Catholic Talk Show. Today we're talking about the strangest Catholic relics.
1: That's right. We're going to look at the bizarre world of relics in the Catholic Church. We're going to tell you the strangest ones that we've found and the kind of teaching of the Church behind why we venerate relics.
2: Now relics are a treasure to the Church, truly, and and we do treasure them. But these weird and bizarre ones, (laughs) they're really a treasure.
0: i the line here on relics and um, sensing that there's going to be a, a few uncomfortable moments. Of, yeah, Buckle moments up. Yeah. This. But, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, our church has been venerating relics since day one with the martyrs in the church and praying over their bones during Mass, which is extended to us today. Mm-hmm. So just that part is amazing. But this stuff goes into extenuated circumstances when you start talking about some of these other things that we're talking about today.
1: It does. You know, one of the things that makes the Catholic Church really unique is, honestly, is we're weird. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't expect anything so mystical to be ordinary. (laughs) Yeah. Right? I mean, if you want ordinary church and you can just go to the 4th, 5th Street Presbyterian, Luther, Scottish church, and you, the can, second, or right? the second, and you can just have a nice church experience. But if you want the wild, wooly, and the real stuff, I'm telling you it's in the Catholic Church, right? And we're going to talk about some of these really bizarre
2: relics and the practice of the veneration of relics. So the whole sense of relics, I think we should start with the word first. Relic comes from the Latin root reliquae, which is a, a Latin word that expresses remains. And it could also re- like relinquish what is, what is left behind. Mm-hmm. And it's a form of patrimony. Like what we have in the treasure troves of the church are relics that go all the way back to the person of Jesus Christ. And these relics should – that they are remains and they're left with us and they're relinquished to us so that it would boost our faith and develop our faith as a result of it. Look, we, we witness to each other, and we're, tr- we're always calling each other out to become more holy and, and to grow in our understanding of our faith. And I hope that we're helping you out there, too, in relationship to the Catholic faith. But, you know, when we think of, of reliquary, when we think of relics, it's, it's good to kind of keep in mind that we do not worship relics. We, we reverence Relics. In the same way that we should reverence one another. You
1: know, in the same way that you would, you know, if something was important left to you, whether it's your your father, your grandfather's pocket watch or your grandmother's, you know, recipe book or whatever it is. I mean, these are things that are treasures of a family that connect you through the That's ages. The right
2: or
0: just like I recently had a friend die and I reverenced the, the impact that it had on this person that they grew in their faith. Like yeah. I reverenced that.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. You
0: know? Yeah, I, I didn't worship it, mm-hmm. I, I, but God was doing something in them, and I reverenced it.
2: And, and wouldn't we wouldn't we revere God's creation, His created order? Would we not revere what His hand has done? Everything. And when you see when you see His redemption, His action of mercy in the lives of the saints. And what we uphold in relics, that's that's kind of where we're getting to with all of this. Yeah. And in
1: ancient cultures, this was everywhere, right? One of the greatest ways to disrespect someone in ancient cultures was to burn their body and put their ashes in the river so that there'd be nothing left for people to commemorate them. Mm-hmm. So if there was a king or an emperor or a soldier and you wanted to completely rid the memory, you'd, that's how you treat them. But here's the thing about relics is that it's not just a Catholic... Innovation—it's not just a Catholic thing. This is
2: yeah, because there could be critics out there that could say, "Well, where where is this in the Bible?" And it's very yeah. much biblical, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. It, Old Testament. It, oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's right, exactly. Old Testament, Second Kings thirteen twenty one. As a man was being buried, a marauding band was seen, and the man was thrown into the grave of Elisha or mm-hmm. Elisha the prophet. As soon as the man touched the bones of Elisha. He came to life and stood on his feet. So you see the effect immediately, you know, of a relic of his remains. The
1: bone itself touching them, yes. just touching them had the effect of bringing some back to life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's the exact same thing that Catholics believe about it, that these bones, these relics really are imbued with the special supernatural
2: character. It's even in the Acts of the Apostles.
1: That's right. In the Acts of the Apostles, St. Paul is preaching in Ephesus and the believers were coming up and taking cloths, and, and they're they taking cloths and rubbing it <laughs> on St. Paul, right? And then using that, that the, the grease that came up Paul. That was Paul just a
2: couple of dabs. Heal, don't to, put it on me. To heal the sick, right? So for those of you who are listening in on Spotify, <laughs> iTunes, or other audio Pod services, Podbean, for <laughs> example, Shout out Pod what Beam. you just missed, and if you're not on YouTube, I don't know what you're doing, but— Ryan Delacross was just dabbed with the oil-absorbing pads. That's right. That were contributed by our patrons. They
0: cannot contain. That's my disgusting. Otos. I don't even know why I'm still holding it.
2: They can't stop the grease. It's they can relic. only hope to contain it's, it. So it's a relic you know, I, I don't treasure.
1: Here's an important thing. So that is so the the, <laughs> the Christians were doing that again, yeah. using just something they touched to Saint Paul or. Um, That's awesome. Or you the, the the hemorrhaging woman just touched the cloak of Jesus. Yes. Jesus wasn't aware. He wasn't saying I'm going to heal you just by touching the hem of his garment. Yeah. She was healed. Mm. Um, or you'll see um, Moses raising the bronze serpent, and the people who would look at it
2: were healed. Right now, we're, to, we're I think the distinctions here is it, it kind of begs the sense of. We have first, second and third class relics. Could Explain you? that. Are you well, want me to? I yeah, can. please. Yeah, like first class relic.
1: So, first class, class relic is going to be something that came from the body of a saint. Mm-hmm. Okay? So, whether it's, you know, they're you know, a body part, bone, a piece of hair, a tooth,
2: anything that's the mortal remains of a saint is a first mm-hmm. class relic. And for example, right now in my hands, I have a first class relic of Saint John Paul II. And it's his blood. So even blood, like there's vials of mm-hmm. blood when you visit his shrine in D.C. Mm-hmm. in in the uh, altarpiece there. Beautiful. Right. So, yeah, so it's the person.
1: Mm-hmm. But then also anything associated with the crucifixion of Jesus, whether it is the nails, whether there's the cross, whether it is the th- crown of thorns, that's also considered a first-class relic, even though it's not a, par- a body part.
2: And there are... That's there are re- relic, though. Well, that's a first-class that's, that's relic. That's yeah. God, God, man. And that's why it's elevated to such a position yeah. within the church. And you think of, you know, the wood from the cross in reliquaries around the world and some of the larger uh, sections of the cross that are in Rome. It's important to recognize that first yeah. class. So what's a second class? Relic? Second
1: class relic is the possession of a saint. Right. So and something closely associated with them. You can't like get John Paul seconds, you know, used Tic Tac box. Right. It's not like that. It's like here's St. Paul. John Paul II's shoes, his his zucchetta, uh, you know his cloak, whatever it is, or
2: maybe uh, Thomas Aquinas's pen, something mm-hmm. like that. So yeah, like John Paul II's uh, cassock, for example, or you know you look at a clothing habit, you know um, a rosary, mm-hmm. a Bible, things like that are are falling in the category of a second class relic. It was it was a possession that they had. That fostered their faith or mm-hmm. was something that they wore. Or mm-hmm.
1: something that was used as an implement of martyrdom. Mm-hmm. So, you know, whether it's the club that killed a saint, whether it's a sword, a lance, whatever, something that was used to martyr a saint is also a second class relic. Okay,
0: Technically, it touched them.
1: Right. But see, that's a third-class relic is something that touched a saint. But if something touched the saint in their martyrdom, it becomes elevated to a second-class relic.
0: Gotcha. But
1: a third-class relic, this is a third-class relic of Ryan de Crosse, right? Something that was touched to him. Let's put it on the wall. Let's keep that one.
2: <laughs> so, you know, another description of a third-class relic is actually something that Ryan Shield did for the parish here at St. John Paul II. He has friends in the in the priesthood and at a parish that has a first class relic of the blood that came out of the body of John Paul II when he, when was, he was shot. When the, yeah, the attempt at his life when he was shot, and commemorating that the 40th anniversary this past year, um, we put together a prayer card together and and handed that out for the parish, which was just such a gift. And you you contributed that gift for when we were established as That's a parish. Right. So let's talk about Jesus's foreskin. Oh my goodness. We're already <laughs> in the weird now. That, uh, that's I know the weird. Look, there's no there is Wait, no Wait,
1: is this is this a strange relic? There is no <laughs> elegant way to transfer, you know, or to segue into this conversation. So I'm just going to say it. We're talking about Jesus's foreskin today on the Catholic Hurt Talk Show.
0: Hurt oh,
2: we've talked about this before. This always gets it's like yeah, it's just,
0: Well, you know what's so weird about it is like People perpetrate that they have possession of it. That's what gets me. Okay, now, there's a crazy story about this. Now, okay, the
1: it, the relic is called the Holy Prepuce, right? <laughs> so the Holy Prepuce is purports to be the foreskin of Jesus from his circumcision. Okay, because Jesus ascended into heaven, right? And there was none of him left behind, right? But except, the, except for, look, on the eighth his day, dead skin. Uh, his foreskin, right, from his circumcision. On the eighth day, you know, every Jewish baby, you know, had the...
2: Yeah. The, 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 the the
1: bris. The, bris, the snip the snips, snips, right? The bris. As a sign of the covenant of Moses, right? Oh, boy. So a lot of people purported to have the foreskin of Jesus. I can only assume they kept it like in, in like a book, like pressed like a flower or something. I don't know how you keep something like that, right? <laughs> um, but there was two main ones that were considered to be the foreskin of Jesus. One was given by King Baldwin, the first of Jerusalem, who was the first crusader king. He was the king after the crusaders took Jerusalem. The other was monks claimed that Charlemagne had possession of it in the early, uh, you know, the, the late 9th century. And look, King Baldwin and Charlemagne, these are no jokes. These are big, important people. And if they say they got the holy foreskin...
2: They got the holy they foreskin. They might have the holy foreskin. Well, I know scripturally speaking, David probably collected more foreskins than Charlemagne. So if we're having this whole, you know, this whole fight over it, I mean, it's very evident that that David is the champion in collections. But this is the foreskin of Jesus, which kind of made made trouble.
0: David would have been on top of that yeah, if, that's he, true. if if he had the opportunity.
1: Now, it was actually excommunicable at one point, to even mention the holy prep use because it was such a matter of contention as to who had it. The pope laid an edict that if you even mentioned the foreskin of Jesus, boom, out of the church. Good for him. I hope that
2: doesn't happen to us.
1: I think that has passed. I'm getting there. I hope so. But here's, one, here's something that's really interesting. One of the ones that they really thought you know, a good contender to be the actual foreskin of Jesus was stolen <laughs> <laughs> Somebody stole it? Someone stole it. <laughs>
0: Was it an armed robbery? <laughs> an armed robbery? Yeah. Somebody come in, like, you know, with forces? With foreskins?
2: <laughs> uh, maybe. If this is weird to you right now, as it Can, is very weird to me... Please hit the subscribe button. Hit the subscribe button. <laughs> you know, give us a thumbs up, would you? You won't be weird anymore after it's gonna this. It's going to get weirder.
1: But so here's the thing. If this
2: is where we're starting...
1: <laughs> they they found it whatever they they got it back and then it disappeared from the church and no one could find the holy prepuce isn't a jewel encrusted case couldn't find it for a long time but do you know where they ended up finding it the well, priest from the church took it home and kept it in his sock drawer what <laughs> yeah <laughs> he just took the relic of the holy prepuce from the church and kept it in his sock drawer in his in his rectory
0: he's probably protecting it and maybe, maybe he's like,
1: well, I don't Tell want anyone to steal Jesus' foreskin. I'm going to take it home. It's going to be safe. I'll put it in my sock drawer. Maybe
0: he was like, I don't even believe in this stuff. I don't want to get excommunicated. I'm going to put it in my sock drawer. I mean. Could have said that.
1: Look, I know priests are celibate, but if you ever go to the bar, you're like, hey, girl, I have Jesus' foreskin in my sock Would drawer. Would you stop?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying that's a good pickup line. No, it's not. It's no, not. No, it's not. Moving on. I don't
1: know. I've been married for 20 years. I know nothing about pickup lines. Yeah, you don't. So let's talk about Mary's breast milk. <sighs> Mary's breast milk. Let's talk about Mary's breast milk.
0: Is that a relic?
1: That's a relic. Jeez.
2: Well, the whole interior cavern of, well, of you oh, know, the you know, I know you know this one very well. This one's near and dear to you. The but. whole interior cavern of the of the milk grotto next to the church in yeah. Bethlehem is absolutely a relic in of of itself, yeah. because it's where tradition has it that Mary was breastfeeding Jesus on and, the flight to Egypt. On the flight to Egypt. So yeah. when when they they took flight, she took flight so urgently that when she got up in haste, a drop of milk fell from her breast, struck the floor, and the whole interior cavern is white. And it is a very powerful place to pray. So if you ever get to Bethlehem, a lot of people miss this place, but it's called the Milk Grotto, and it's definitely tied to our identity here in St. Augustine with Our Lady of La Leche, Nuestra Señora de la Leche, and, and the traditions of praying for fertility issues. So, you know, many, many people, uh, you know, Jordan and Joanna mm-hmm. Wawin, um, very, de- very devoted to Our Lady of La Leche and received favors. I'm a consecrated priest of Our Lady of La Leche, and I've had countless t- experiences of uh, her intercession and power, helping people who are struggling with fertility.
1: Mm -hmm. Now, speaking again about Jesus' foreskin, something that was kind of interesting. Can't we just move on from that? Well, a lot of nuns in the Middle Ages would have ecstatic visions, right? They would have these, these supernatural experiences where as a bride of the church, because that's nuns married the church, just like you're married the church, but they would receive from Jesus as a wedding ring, the holy prepius, and they would wear that wedding wedding ring of the foreskin on their finger as their marriage vow. All
0: right, so we're doing strange relics. We're done with that. Okay. All right? We're done with that.
2: Now, There's just a deep fascination in Sheol. I mean, it's like, it's kind of strange. Well, I
1: bring it up because we're transitioning to the finger, right? Ah. Okay. Now, another relic, a very famous relic of a finger is the finger of (laughs) St. Thomas the Apostle. And why is St. Thomas's finger so important? Because he put it in the side of Jesus. There you go. And that finger bone is still held by the church in uh, the church of Santa Croce in Jerusalem Jerusalem, in Rome.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And Which you would think is in Jerusalem, but it's in Rome. And it's the fruits of St. Helen. You know, yeah. St. Helen retrieved so many relics, as we all know, you know, the, the true cross and all of these different uh, saints and the moving in of her those. her
0: old age, too. Yeah, yeah. And,
2: and the fact that she moved them to Italy to preserve and protect yeah. and then establish churches around them. When it comes to Santa Croce in Jerusalem, the, that whole church is built on the Sancta Terra, the holy earth That's right. of the holy land.
1: Yeah, so in the Middle Ages when you'd go on a pilgrimage and St. Helena was the first to do it, she'd take back a lot of the dirt and use that as the foundation so that spiritually this building is in Jerusalem. And a lot of medieval um, parishes, their parish cemetery, their churchyard, they would take dirt and mix it in and kind of like blend up the dirt for their cemetery so yeah. that... The people who are buried there had the same privilege of being the first to rise at the second coming
2: as the people who are buried on the Mount of Olives and the people buried in Jerusalem. Mm. Mm. We've got to keep that in mind as we build the the church here in Nakati. Yeah. You know, that would be a beautiful thing to do I mean, do if, if you
1: can get a church church, which I think, you know, every church should have a cemetery.
2: Should, every church should.
1: But, I mean, absolutely, you should have that dirt for the Sancta Terra mixed in with it because it's a beautiful and powerful spiritual reality of the resurrection. Yeah. Amen. Now, St. Thomas's finger, I mean, most of the St. Thomas is buried in, um, Chennai, India, Chennai, right? Cause India. that's where he was martyred. Yeah. India. But his finger, you know, being so important and being such an important biblical story was taken and separated and put into this church. And this church has got so many cool mm-hmm. relics. They've got the, the, the titulus, which is the sign that was above Jesus head, written in Greek, wow. uh, Latin and Hebrew. Um, they have, Relics of the True Cross, like the biggest remaining segments of the True Cross, um, just all kinds
2: of things. I think they have relics from all of the apostles. They have relics from, I mean... Well, it was St. Helena's personal chapel. Yeah. That guy, was her
1: personal chapel. The
2: yeah. the Leary has an awesome relic of the 12 apostles. I don't know if you've ever seen it. He prayed yeah. over me with it. It was awesome. Um, But probably concentrated, I don't know this for sure, but... As a concentrated church in Rome and really any other place that I've ever been to, the most amount of relics that I've ever seen is at Santa Croce in Jerusalem.
0: Mm-hmm. In Rome.
2: In Rome. In Rome. <sighs> important to say.
1: It's it's important. It's, yeah. Now, kind of moving down from the fingers to the whole hand, you know, I think one of the most popular movies in the last 20 years or whatever is The Avengers mm-hmm. and Endgame with Thanos or whatever. And like he gets the. Infinity Gauntlet, and he clicks his finger and gets all supernatural power, whatever. I, I am convinced, and let's put a picture of this up here. I am convinced that the makers of the Marvel movie movies completely ripped off a relic of the Catholic Church in the creation of Thanos's Infinity Gauntlet. It looks Gauntlet. identical. And this is the relic, the incorrupt hand of St. Teresa of Avila. Wow. I mean, right down to... It's both the left hand. They have the same colored jewels on the finger. It's gold. Yeah. They even have the circle right in the middle. I mean, this thing looks identical. Interesting. That's a really cool relic. Um,
0: and so her f- hands in there, you can't see the hand, the incorruptible hand, but they put it in this beautiful reliquary. Structure.
1: Yeah, yeah it's a reliquary. Yeah, you'll see that a lot of times with reliquaries. Whatever they hold, the reliquary itself, a lot of time is fashioned to look. Either like a tomb, either like an ossuary, mm-hmm. or like the body part it contains. Mm-hmm. So sometimes you'll see, you know, a reliquary that looks like a head. That's typically going to have skull, skull bones or jaw bones or teeth. Yep. Gotcha. If you see a hand, it's going to be hand. You know, and obviously. Even if, even if it's incorrupt. Even if it's incorrupt, but typically if it's incorrupt, it won't keep it in a reliquary like right. that. It'll be that's on display. That's why
0: you know you were saying this is the incorrupt hand of Saint Teresa of Avila. Yeah, and um, it's in something like that.
1: mm Hmm. Now, speaking of incorrupt, and speaking of speaking, right, another really interesting relic, and this one, this one relates to you. It's your patron saint. saint Confirmation A- name. St. Yeah. Anthony of Padua. In the Basilica of Padua, they have this relic, and we're going to show this on the screen here, into St. Anthony's incorrupt tongue and jaw. Mm-hmm. And that's it, a pretty I'm I'm sorry, that is a gruesome looking reliquary. It looks like an alien or out of like contra or something, dude. It looks It does. It, it it's like something you would imagine to see like <laughs> like space alien movies. Like that's terrifying and <laughs> yeah. weird and super cool.
2: It is. And you know, the fact that the remaining parts of Saint Anthony's body Decomposed naturally, mm-hmm. um, but mm-hmm. the fact that his lower jaw, tongue. Jo- yeah, and and because he's one of the greatest preachers throughout the history of the church, and and he's somebody that I turn to in prayer all the time in preparation for my homily. Mm-hmm. Instead of
0: like you know putting his jaw. In- some something that, you know, you can reverence it. It's like, no, we're going to put it in something that makes it look like, you know, there's that actual face there and then weird you out. Yeah. <laughs>
2: because that's the intention. Because we're Catholics. I mean, I, mean, I don't just know. Stuff I mean, like that. the weird.
0: Yeah. Look, keep
2: it weird, Catholic Church. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's fine.
0: Like, it's like, you know, we're going to put them in something that looks like a person and then just put the jaw in there and then weird you out. And that's how we're going <laughs> to venerate this.
1: Look, St. Anthony, Anthony has been dead for 800 years. I'm sorry. Now, Ryan, if you go buy a pickled tongue and you keep it on your counter for even a year. Oh, no.
0: There's that thing no is going to turn into mush. There's no doubt. That's a legitimate tongue and jaw. Yeah. That's 800, 800 years old. Which is fine. He had pretty nice teeth, well, too. all I'm saying, all for I'm a saying is, is like, you know, true. Like, those Without are nice teeth. Braces.
1: Without braces. those are nice teeth.
0: You know, I mean the ne- you know it's the next jeans. generation of this with all the new generations, we're going to put them in bobbleheads, a little jaw bouncing around. <laughs> I don't like it. I don't like it.
1: No, I, I think you want to do something beautiful like that. Yeah, now here's this a- one. Saint, this one's yeah. This is to... this is a pretty Oh um, yeah. a- scary, scary. I mean, I don't think I'd take my kids to see this right nope. now. That no, is pretty wait. scary. this is the relic, Saint Catherine this. of Siena. This Sienna. is Kate, Saint Catherine of Siena's head. Mm -hmm. And this is, you know, St. Catherine of Siena has been dead for 700 years. And this is her head still. Then what's one of the things I read once that was interesting was that St. Catherine of Siena died before her mother. Mm. And that at the transfer of her relics, her mother was there and saw them parade her head and was very proud that they were parading her daughter's head through the the transfer of
2: the relics. We've been, we've been, desensit- we've gotten soft, dude. Yeah, we've gotten, we've gotten really soft, soft and, and we've been desensitized. But what I'm fascinated by this image right now is like her eye sockets and her look eyebrows. At, look at the, look at this, look at the serenity and her, the structures of her, yeah. her face. It's kind of, I'm, it's, I'm really moved by that actually.
1: If you go to anything, if you go to say like, oh, I'm going to go to the sporting goods store and like, hey, we just have human heads in here. Like, what the heck, yeah, dude? Yeah. You go to someone's house, you got human heads. You're calling the cops. You go into the Catholic Church, you see human heads, and it's it's inspirational, right? <laughs> yeah. It's really it's beautiful and and mystical, and it's one of the things that I I love relics. Oh, you know? So seven
0: hundred years, you don't have a skull there.
1: No, I mean she's been dead for seven hundred years. She looks better than Howard.
0: Yeah. <laughs> 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 You know Absolutely. what that reminds me of is,
2: is Saint Rita of Cascia too, because her body, his, her body's uh, exposed yep. and um, on exposition in in Cascia, Italy, and um, also a very powerful place to pray. But it's it's her bones, you know. Like you can, you I've can never see seen an her decomposed saint
0: before in my life. No, no.
1: So the reason that her head separated is that she died in Rome, but her hometown of Siena wanted to have her body, right? It's the same thing like we saw with Fulton Sheen, right? right? I was just about to say that. You know, they they had two dioceses, you know, fighting over the body. So the people of Siena snuck into Rome and they knew they weren't going to be able to take her whole body, so they just took her
2: head. Wow. Most of the time you see hearts. Yeah. You know, you see hearts being... Ripped out. Yeah, and then brought to other places. You know, St. Charles Borromeo, there's actually his heart is in a church. It was a gift from Milan. And um, from the archbishop, and it was positioned in the church of St. Ambrose wow. in Rome, and uh, I love praying in, in front of his heart. You mentioned hearts. There's actually a church. Um, it's
1: called St. Vincenzo and Anastasio in Trevi, and they have the preserved hearts of 22 popes who died from 1583 to 1903, the last being St. Leo the Thirteenth. That's the church of the Pope's hearts. Um, and you said— I went there. You went there.
0: And prayed there, and I had no idea all those hearts were there. So
1: here's hmm. a picture of it up on the screen, but you can see— I remember right, being there. Yeah. These are all the hearts of the popes right here in these little heart-shaped reliquaries on the altar. And this church is dedicated to the Sacred Heart, you know— Um, I think you can see that's um, Saint Jude there, but wow, uh, twenty-two hearts of the popes. That's look. If you're collecting pope hearts, this guy wins, right? This church (laughs) wins for sure.
0: Yeah, there's like five churches in that little square. Yeah, Yeah. I wonder.
2: I wonder why they. What started that tradition? It must have been that, that that. it was a very special place of devotion for that and first then, pope that— Yeah, popes had something to do with it. it became a tradition. Popes
0: or. kept it going. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah, and it just became
1: like this is the, heart of the hearts of the popes or whatever. Yeah. Um, I think it's cool that, you know, to have all the hearts of the pope right there, you know, because a lot of times, you know, the pope as the visible sign of unity to the Catholic Church is, you know, like the heart of the church. I mean— mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and to see them all there is, it's a pretty it's cool, really cool devotion it's a
0: special heart
1: you know this church and looking at it reminds me of a church in pittsburgh um, and it's the largest collection anywhere in the world of relics outside of vatican outside huh. of st peter's itself
0: they hang them up on the altar around it's there, like huge
1: that? So it's and it's in Pittsburgh, and Pittsburgh is a great town. But is
0: it around the altar? Is it yeah, separate... it's
1: everywhere. It's around the all altar. It's the all place. over the place. Uh-huh. It's the largest collection of relics in the
2: world besides St. Peter's. We we what? were yeah, that's incredible. We were supposed to go there when I was driving out to Cleveland. Unfortunately, oh. we we couldn't do it. But uh, we should do that though.
1: That would be awesome. They have five thousand relics in St. Anthony's Chapel. Jeez. And um, I, I I drove there and is I was there. Is it a
0: there. Parish or is it like a? It's chapel. It's a special... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So
1: it was all, you know, this one priest just collected tons of relics and just made this massive Massive collection. Yeah. But yeah, check it out. Uh, And we'll show the, you know, image here up on the screen. But just everywhere you go, just relics, 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 Mm. relics everywhere. It looks like like your grandmother's uh, china cabinet almost.
2: Yeah. That's so precious, man. Wow. I need to I need to go. You know what we should do? What's that? With our Patreon, with our with our patrons that support the show, we should do like a, a meetup All right. in Pittsburgh.
1: Like a bring your own beer and find your way there, but yeah. like you know I'll go to this Well, chapel. They also
2: have a church
0: uh brewery there too.
1: Yeah, we went there. Yeah.
0: There's so, a bunch of stuff that we can Pittsburgh's do. Pittsburgh's a great town.
1: I'm from Cleveland and I don't mind saying that Pittsburgh is a great town. Yeah. I, I really like it. it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, why don't we – look, so if you're not a patron, uh, go to catholictalkshow.com forward slash Patreon to become one of our patrons. You help support the show. You help enable us to continue to do
2: this show. We send you cool gear, but this – I think this would be a lot of fun, and then we can really get to know a lot of our – our supporters. patrons, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. we do a
1: weekly hangout virtually on Zoom, me and Ryan, with our Just be like my in-person hangout. But let's yeah. schedule something like that because look, it's an hour and a half, two-hour drive for mm-hmm. me. I would absolutely love to go to this church, mm-hmm. go to the church brewworks, have some
2: beers, and and I could fly yeah. in for like a Thursday, yeah, it's, Thursday it's an easy night, flight. you know, and and do something on my day off.
0: And if you're not a patron and you still want to go hang out with us, we're going to Fatima.
2: That's right. So
0: you don't have to be a patron. This is like a a good little hangout. Yeah. But, I mean, we're not and, throwing shade at people that aren't patrons. So. You know, we're right. talking
2: about, like, the fruits of pilgrimage. When you visit holy sites like this and you visit the tombs yeah. of the saints, man, it absolutely affects you deeply. Yeah. It's it's life-changing. And this, this pilgrimage is going to be life-changing.
1: You know, I think one of the real—so we're going to Portugal this November, okay? We're going to see a lot of really cool things, but the, the heart of the trip is going to see— the site of the apparition of Our Lady of Fatima. And I think right now, particularly in this world with the situation in Russia and Fatima being so tied to the heirs of Russia, I think it's a really important time to go pray. Amen. We're going to see the tombs of Saints Francisco and Jacinto Marta Mm -hmm. um, and venerate those relics. We're going to see Sister Lucia's tomb. And also in the crown there... Of the statue on the site where Mary appeared is the, the bullet. bullet that they took out of John Paul's body, put into her crown because John Paul associated surviving with Our Lady of Fatima's um, um, intercession because he was yeah. shot on her feast day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're going to do a lot of other great things in Fatima, but that that core, that Marian core of that it's going to be really awesome, and, and that's
2: going to be the height of our prayers and our consecration. And and we we absolutely will be praying in so many different holy sites. But our our mentality is pray and play, and we're going to have some fun because oh, yeah. we're going to the heart of Porto as well, and 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 really like the the beautiful uh, artistic expression of, of wine in the form of port.
1: Port's world famous and we're going to Porto where that was uh you know that where that comes from, where it yeah. gets its name. It's eponymous region. Mm-hmm. Um but we're doing a lot of cool stuff there. We're gonna um it's gonna be an eight-day trip. Mm-hmm. We're going to be going to Fatima. We're gonna go to the Church of the Holy Miracle, which is a seven hundred year old Eucharistic miracle site. So that's gonna be cool. We're gonna see the tombs of the visionaries of Fatima. We're gonna go to the you know, the the basilica there. Um We're going to see some really cool churches, uh, Marian shrines all along the way. And we're going to get a chance to pray together, eat together, drink together. Uh, We're going to have mass every single day. Uh, It's going to be a really great trip. So go to catholictalkshow.com forward slash Fatima to reserve your spot. I promise you this will sell out. You know, we had a pilgrimage set uh, for two years ago. We were going to Poland.
0: 100 people.
1: 100 people completely for the 100th sold birthday. out. For we the
0: co- 100th birthday. How about that?
1: And then it got canceled to COVID. So that this is our first trip. international pilgrimage and our first pilgrimage since then. Mm-hmm. And it's actually going to be our first pilgrimage because that was going to be our first and we couldn't go.
2: Yeah. So this is our... And this first. is very fitting because, it, you know, it was it was really in, in preparation for the parish, you know, the, the mission becoming a parish, and, mm-hmm. like, there was a lot of ties to St. John Paul II, and now JP2 is just pointing us to Fatima, and it's it's important because we've got to pray. We've got to pray.
0: He's my pope.
1: That's Amen. it. So, again, go to catholictalkshow.com forward slash, pay, forward slash Fatima to get your spot, and it will sell out, I'm sure.
0: And... We have more strange relics. So I think that's a good way to
2: segue
1: back into the holy prep. No, no, no. Thumbs
2: down. I am done with that part. I'm glad that it's not in circulation anymore.
1: Circulation. Yeah, Yeah. it's not. No, it's it's in some priest's sock drawer probably right now.
0: There's no circulation
1: to the prep. Someone he's some priest has got it like rolled up in like a sock religious sock, you know, (laughs) Um, maybe. I don't know. It's only conjecture. I don't want to get into it because I'm no. going get excommunicated over no. it.
2: No. But, you know, when talking about just weird relics and being, you know, the the practice of this, you know, like the head of St. Catherine of Siena. The finger of Saint Thomas, the tongue the of Saint tongue Anthony, of Saint Anthony,
1: Mary's breast milk. I mean, yeah. these are these are things that to most non-Catholics is like that's weird. Especially yeah.
2: because we have been desensitized, and 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 mm-hmm. it's you know we we don't see the realities of death. But I think one of the most important things to see in the lives of the saints is their bodies exposed for us to be able to see that death as a reality is something that we shouldn't be afraid of. And yeah. clearly their beatitude, like the way that you talk about praying at the tomb of Cachita Cabrera no. and that effect – You know, like where we've prayed in these tombs, the tomb of John Paul II, I know that that hit you hard, too. Uh, It did when I when I prayed there as well. These locations of prayer are so evocative that it moves you like that scriptural account with the prophet Elisha.
1: You know, when we went to um, the shrine of uh, we went to see Our Lady of Guadalupe. And you can go on the little elevator and see that. And that that's a relic, you know, that's a that's a holy item too. Yeah. And that's why I went it's there. Not a,
0: it's not a, it's a, a relic as well such. it's it
1: is a second class relic at bare minimum because it was Juan Diego's. Gotcha. Right? That was his cloak. So it's a bare minimum, but I think it's elevated beyond that. Sure. Oh. But without, without. we went there to see that. But I found image. myself spending more of my time when I was there. Venerating the relics of the bones of Jose Saint Jose Sanchez Del Rio, mm-hmm. who was a young yeah. boy killed in the Cristeros War, yep. who
2: is so courageous. If you haven't watched For Greater Glory, oh, it's
1: hid what they did to his feet! And but I sat there and I just looked at those and I'm there's this one of the most famous religious items in the world. But I sat there and was just contemplating this boy's relics, hid the you know his bones and what he went through, and that had. I'm going to be honest. A
2: more profound effect on me, yeah. you know. Wow. There,
0: mm. yeah, mm.
2: yeah. The you know, for me, I, I look at I look at the importance of the reverence surrounding relics as as an utmost Catholic practice. Mm-hmm. And every church has a relic, you know, in their altar, in their treasury, and we ought to be reverencing the the relics of of. These saints.
1: You know, there's something that's really distressing, and um, I wrote an article about this at one point. But eBay, eBay has a very strict rule against the selling of body parts or bodily fluids because people be weird and they do that, right? <laughs> people be weird. Yeah, people they, be weird. Well, they, they sell like oh, here's they the, do that. Yeah. You know, like here's blood or here's brass milk. They sell you know because people are weird, right? Or body parts or hair, right? Yeah. A hair of a celebrity, but they allow the selling of Catholic relics. Mm. And it goes against their own policy, but they still allow these relics to be sold. We saved a patron from— That's right.
0: buying a—what was it? A it part was part of the
1: cross? Part of the cru- true cross.
0: Yeah, he he reached out to us, and we researched it. Yeah, I reached— like, Don't, yeah, it was Don't on the, buy this. I
1: looked at it. I compared the signatures of yeah. the supposed signer, the archbishop, and cardinal, and it, yeah. it was totally bunk. But yeah. um, it's illegal to sell relics. Mm. Relics—you can get relics as a layperson— but you have to go through a very specific way. You have to request them. There's a church um, in the Vatican, and it's like, have you ever seen like an apothecary, like an old fashioned apothecary, yeah. where they have like all those little drawers of yep. different medicines? They have that, but with the bones of saints. Yep. So when like a new church is being founded, they say, okay, well, we're going to, you, you get know, a sliver of this guy, St. Thomas. So they go A, B, C, D, F, S, T. Okay, pull out this, Thomas and then they get a little silver, and they mm-hmm. send it. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of churches that will send you a third-class relic. Um, so, like, maybe if you're having someone in your family has cancer, you can call, you can send a letter to the church of St. Peregrine, who is a saint of cancer, and you can say, can I send you a cloth? And you touch it to his tomb, mm-hmm. and they'll send it back to you. So you have a third-class mm-hmm. relic. So that's how a lot of the relics will happen. But one of the particularly sad things that I see is there's a lot more relics... 50 to 100 years ago. And that generation is dying off and dying off rapidly. And a lot of their kids are not Catholic anymore. And when grandma dies and she has all this weird religious stuff, they put it in a box and they give it away. Yeah. They take it to an antique shop and you'll find reliquaries in there all the time.
2: Yeah.
1: And it's sad. And it it's, it's it's against canon law, it's against human dignity, and it's very sacrilegious. Yeah.
2: So, you know, if if you do you know, see these relics out there, buy them, buy them. It's not illegal
1: to buy them. It's illegal Mm -hmm. to sell them. As a matter of fact, if you buy them, it's a virtuous thing because you are rescuing the relic Mm -hmm. from a precarious situation. And they should be,
2: and they should be returned to the church. Mm -hmm. Yeah. ultimately, um, you know, we like St. Helena retrieving all of these relics, she brought them to be protected and preserved. Mm -hmm. And we need to, we need to get the sacred relics back into the church Pray back into the treasury so that they could be properly reverenced. Yeah, yeah.
1: like the missing holy prepius. Mm-hmm. That, and that's exactly why you want to keep them in the church, because it gets stolen.
2: I thought we've already agreed that we were not going to talk about Nobody knows get. where
0: it is. There's no rescue the job. Closed, no? It's a closed no rescue door. Job. Well, not with that attitude, there's not. <laughs> no, there's not. We, we want you not to talk of it, speak of it ever again.
2: Well— We're not talking about the remains of the foreskin (laughs) anymore. But what you should leave as a relic and a remain is the imprint of your thumb on the subscribe button. Clicking. And giving us a thumb up. You could use a
0: mouse, too.
2: I guess you could use a mouse. Forefinger. Look, like,
1: share, click, foreskin,
0: (laughs) subscribe. Stop! Use Use your... No, I won't say that. Anyway, (laughs) hey, guys, it's a
2: pleasure connecting with you every week. Hope you enjoyed this weird show, and we'll see you next week.